Welcome to the Coaching Matters Podcast brought to you by Fundraising University and Brian Kane Peak Performance. Coaching Matters is a nonprofit foundation whose primary purpose is to help coaches, athletes, and activities directors succeed in their programs, schools, and communities. Fundraising University works to help you raise the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of interference to support coaches and activities directors in enhancing the student experience and life skill development that is a critical component of our educational systems. Brian Kane, one of the world's leading mental performance coaches, works to educate, empower, and energize you to be your best through his 10 pillars of mental performance mastery systems. Together, each week, we bring you interviews, question and answer sessions, and group coaching around mastering mental performance, creating elite culture, and developing the leadership skills you need to succeed. And now, this week's Coaching Matters podcast. Sean Casey. Casey is a former Major League Baseball first baseman for the Cleveland Indians, the Cincinnati Reds, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Detroit Tigers, and the Boston Red Sox. And he was selected to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game three times during his career in which he hit over 300 with over 100 home runs and over 700 RBIs. He's currently a broadcaster and a commenter for the MLB Network. And most importantly, I think for us, is he's a guy that can speak about the mental game and what gave him a competitive edge through mental performance case thanks for joining us hey what's up dude hey i appreciate everybody that's on the call too uh you know uh i've been you know we were just out in arizona i was with you Kane, and uh, my dad's got open heart surgery so I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place but i'm very grateful to be here tonight man talking about a subject that you know really you know for me the mental game of baseball was everything i think it was a big part of why I was so successful at the big league level and uh, just learning to master the process and learning to master my mind. Cause at the end of the day, you know, it was me versus me. So, you know, a lot of the stuff we'll be talking about tonight, Kaner's, you know, near and dear to my heart. Obviously, you know, the, the time that we've spent together, I know it's near and dear to yours too. Absolutely, man. And let's just start right there case. I mean, you know, talk about me versus me. What do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, I think that's the great thing is like, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, even kids nowadays will say, Hey, what do I do when the scouts are at the game? Or what do I do when, you know, my coach is, uh, you know, watching me or my dad's in the crowd or, or whatever, you know, I always, always thought of, there's so many different variables of people that love baseball that talk to you about your hitting coach or manager or whatever. And I always say, listen, it's all irrelevant. It's all noise to me. It was all noise to me. The bottom line is at the end of the day, how great can I be with me? And, you know, can I talk to myself the right way? Can I, is my process so good where I can get myself to a state through my deep breath, every pitch to settle into the game where I can, you know, work my process and make sure it's good. And I think sometimes we were talking the other day about, you know, Hey, if a guy throws me a first pitch, nasty changeup and I'm out front, right. It doesn't matter that guy, he could throw me another nasty changeup. At the end of the day, I have to evaluate myself and say, man, was there a little too much anxiety there? Do I need to slow it down a little bit? Or, or if a guy's blowing a heater by me, do I need to gear it up? At the end of the day, it's me and my thoughts. And I, I think sometimes we lose that in the game of baseball. It's so tough at times. It's such a game of failure, you know, that I think, I think one, of the biggest, one of the biggest problems is that we get caught up in what everybody else thinks. And, man, I'm really struggling. And what does my coach think? And maybe my dad's making some comments to me. And I try to tell people it's all noise. You're one pitch away from having a great process from absolutely domination. Mm. 
You know, I love that case. So much to unpack here as you go, man, I'm just going to interview you. And if everybody has questions, please feel free to fire them in the chat and we'll make sure we get them, get them asked uh, to case case. One of the things that you just talked about was taking that deep breath, every pitch. And I want everybody on the call, if you would, because I get asked the question a lot, like how, how should I breathe? Well, let me give you a very simple technique here. And, and I think we all can benefit from this here for a second is if you think about a triangle made up between the tip of your nose and the corners of your mouth, and you inhale for a count of six, hold for two, and then exhale for eight. And everybody just go ahead and do three of those six to eight breaths. So put your focus on that triangle between the tip of your nose and the corners of your mouth and inhale for a count of six. Hold for two, and then exhale for eight. That's one. Inhale. Exhale. Two. Inhale. Exhale. Three. And, you know, case it's, it's, Awesome that in the first minute you talk about the deep breath. When I had a chance to, to interview um, uh, Gabe Kapler, who's the manager of the San Francisco Giants, was like a 56th round draft pick, made it to the big leagues, had a 10-year big league career, and just was named National League Manager of the Year last year when the Giants won over 100 games. And when I asked him, I said, Cap, you, you've seen baseball from a lot of levels. You've seen it as a manager. You've seen it as a player. I said, what's the number one thing in the mental game of baseball? And he says, without question, your ability to breathe. Why is breathing so important for you, Case, as a hitter? And why is it so important for the coaches on this call to get their players to start to breathe? Well, I think the, the breath is everything. I know Harvey Dorfman used to say, breathe or die. And it was in his book. I you know read it since I was 16 years old. And then I got talking to Harvey, and then I started to understand anxiety and stress. And I think the biggest thing about sports and competition is, it creates anxiety for you. You don't have to get yelled at by somebody. You don't have to, you know, whatever. It just creates the anxiety. So the biggest thing for that is, man, when I, if I can breathe and get into a good state, I can really slow things down. And think about this, your eyes and your brain are connected, right? So if I get a good breath, like, like I like that kind of six to eight, if I get a breath, good diaphragmic breathing and really not just BS my breath and I really do it with intention, I can put myself in a state that's really calm. And I know for me, when I face a guy like Randy Johnson or face a guy like Kevin Brown or Roy Halladay, and these guys got some thunder, you know what I mean? hundred miles an hour, nasty sliders. And, you know, people say, man, you really got to gear it up, don't you? And I'd say, no, I got to do the exact opposite. I got to really find a way to slow it down. Because if I can slow it down, what does it do? It turns my vision on. If I can get my breath right, it turns my vision on. If I can turn my vision on, I can make a hundred. I can, I can, I can make a hundred, you know, look like 90, 92. You know, I think that's the biggest thing for me is that like that breath helped me get really visual. And at the end of the day, guys, baseball is all about getting visual and, and, and whether you're playing defense, whether you're playing offense, you know, you're hitting or whether you're on the bump and, and you're pitching because you got to hit that catcher's mitt. So the breath was everything for me because it also reset. It made me live in the present moment. So no matter what happened that first pitch, I take a deep breath, my second pitch, and get back in the present moment. And I think, too, if you watch a big league game and you really study these guys hitting and pitching, you will almost always see that breath every pitch. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the guys that comes to mind is is you know Bryce Harper, and you'll see if you just if you search Bryce Harper routine, you'll see him taking a look, you know, at uh, a spot on his bat and taking that deep breath as he as he gets into the box as part of part of his pre pitch routine, you know, in a way for him to get present. You know, speaking about routine, case how how important was routine for you and not just like the routine of getting in the box with the deep breath, but like the morning routine, the evening routine, the pregame routine, like how much of your career would you say was built around routines? You know, it's funny, Kane. I think when I was first coming up in the minor leagues, <laughs> every, every coach that I was with, you know, guys that had been there, done that, whether it were big league players, whether there were minor league players, but they've been on, around the professional game for a long time. The, I swear the first thing they would say to all of us was, Find a routine that works. Get a routine you can do every day. You know, find a way to, you know, so that routine will help you stay sharp. It'll help you keep, it'll keep you in uh, to good habits. And so I was like, man, I don't really understand what they're saying. But as mm. I started to go go on, then I started to really realize, wow, this season is so long or there's so many games night in and night out. That routine, my, my life was built on that routine. Like I had to do the same things every day, you know, not like in a superstitious way, in a way that really, it really got my mind into a place where, okay, when I get to the park, I'm going to, you know, I, I would get there a little early. I would, I would sit in my chair for five minutes and then I would start getting dressed. I might go, go grab like a, you know, a piece of fruit or something. Then I go hit in the cages for a little bit. Then I go take batting practice, take my ground balls in the same group every day. And then my pregame routine was, you know, as soon as that was done, the other team would hit, I would get changed, you know, and then I would get ready about six o'clock for a seven Oh five game. My routine really would start. It was really my mental routine. I, you know, I would, I would, um, I would go into, uh, even, either, even if it was a bathroom stall when we we're on the road or when we were at home, you know, there was a chapel there or whatever quiet room I could find. And I would just go to work on my routine. I would do a, I would do a breathing technique called the release technique back then where you, you know, you find any anxiety in your body and, and you, and you, you feel it and you move it. It's called, it's now called the Sedona method. There's a book called the Sedona method. It was the method that I did. I did that for 10 or 10 or 20 minutes. I used to bring the mental game of baseball in with me to sit down. I'd, I'd always read at least a page of that. And I would usually bring my Bible in too, to read a passage or two. And this is, you know, just my routine of like trying to keep things in perspective to make sure not, I knew that if I went over four tonight with a couple punch outs, like my life's not over. I still have a, I still have to keep perspective. So that I did that every day of my career. And I look back when I would leave that room or leave that bathroom stall, my mind was in a totally different place, a calmer place. I used to call it, it was game ready. My mind was now game ready. So at 6.30, I would get dressed. And at 6.45, when I were going to run my sprints before the game, man, I, I, that preparation from 6 to 6.30 prepared me for game time. Mm. Mm, so much to unpack there, man. So good. So good. And, you know, once again, I just want to take time to recognize Fundraising University and owner Mike Bahoon is the official sponsor of the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program. And current coaches that are with us, if you'd like to be a Coaching Matters ambassador coach in your state and earn an extra five to $25,000 part-time, contact Mike Bahoon, mbahoon at fundraisingu.net. I'll post the email here in the chat to inquire about our new ambassador coach program and any coaches or business professionals 
professionals looking to transition careers full-time. Fundraising University is hosting transition program calls every Monday to talk more about how can you how can you increase your income using your skill set that you have as a coach and a teacher and being involved in athletics and involved in schools. How can you take what you're already doing at an elite level and maximize uh, income opportunities with the skill set that you already have in the contacts you already have? So if you email L. Uh, D-I-D-O-N-N-A, L Diadonna at fundraisingu.net. We'll send you more information and I'll post that inside of our chat as well. Case, one of the things that you mentioned was reading Harvey Dorfman's book. And a question comes in from, from Zach Sorensen here. He says, could you share with us what you meant by you read Dorfman's book every day since you were 16? Yeah, isn't that crazy? My dad, when I was a junior in high school, bought me three books. He bought me the mental game, mental the game of baseball. Uh, the Science of Hitting by Ted Williams and The Art of Hitting 300 by Charlie Lau, I believe. And I wasn't a big reader then, but this this mental game of baseball book, I don't know. It just it, it just really captivated me. It really it brought me to a place where I was like, man, this this could really help me in the game. This could really help me if these big leaguers are doing this and thinking this way. Man, this could really help me. And it's helped me in life too. Just all the things that Harvey talks about. Mm. But for me, it was you know you talk about you talk about confidence, and I think confidence is you know the definition of confidence to me is inner trust. Man, I'm looking for tools that I could bring out to the bring out to the uh, game with me, and my mind's probably my biggest tool. I mean, because I always think anyone can hit in the batting cages all day long. We could all do that. We could all break our swings down. If you're a good coach, uh, you you know exactly how the body's supposed to work. But the mind is something that gets that athleticism to come out, that gets that body, the, all those movements, the mechanics to come out. And so when I started to read that book, I started to realize, wow, if I can get my mind to the, to the perfect state I need to get it in consistently time in and time out, it's going to bring my athleticism out and all the swings that I take in the cages night after night after night, they're going to actually work come game time in a baseball game. And I think that was the biggest thing was when I started to understand that being quiet, taking a breath, slowing down, letting the ball travel, see the ball, see the ball, be easy, hammer it. You know, Harvey Dorfman, if you read the mental game of baseball, he says, see the ball, be easy. I think a million times, you know, it was almost like he was just trying to pound it into our heads. See the ball, be easy, see the ball, be easy. And, you know, like I said, from 16 years old, my junior year in high school till I was 34 years old when I retired with the Boston Red Sox after 12 years in the big leagues, I read that book. I read, I read parts of that book every day, every day, every single day. Do you still have the original copy that your dad gave you? I still have the original copy. Yes. My son, Jake has it right now at Kent state. And I said, if you lose this copy, don't come home. you got to forget your own place. You lose the copy of this metal game baseball. You don't, you now don't live with me. You're going to have to get your own place. Do not lose this copy. So I, I, I'm a matter of fact, now that you say that Kaner, I'm going to have to call him and say, listen, when you come home, for summer break, you need to bring that book, and I'm going to go buy you your own. I yes. need that copy. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you need, yeah, you need, you need that copy for sure. Yeah. You know, case one of the things that we talk a lot about here with the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program is that leaders are readers, and I see all too often too many people in business or coaches or athletes or just people in general like they, they don't make time to read. And I know one of the books it was it was interesting uh, on one of our recent calls that we had. You were talking about reading Sean Green's book, The Way of Baseball, which uh, which I Ken Revisa asked us to read back in 2003 when I was in grad school. A tremendous book, um, and you know I just think that that's that's something that 
you know, we, even yesterday when you were here, we were talking about different books and things. Talk about the importance of just reading and kind of continual growth and development, if you would, for, for our coaches that are on the call. Well, I, I think, I think as human beings, you know, our brains want new learning, you know, and, and to, if you, if you want any sort of growth, you'd be crazy. You'd be absolutely crazy not to be a reader because knowledge is power. Knowledge is potential power. To tell you the truth, it's only power. If you put it into action, you could read the mental game of baseball like the next 20 years if you want. If you don't do anything about it in the game, it doesn't mean anything. Right. So I think, you know, it's 2022. We have so many, if you don't like to read, get an audio book. Mm. I can't tell you how many audio books I listen to. I, I don't, I don't listen to the radio anymore. When I get in the car, audio book, boom. And I roll through audiobooks all week long. And if I love that audiobook, I, I make sure I get the book too. And I just, I kind of take notes in the book. So for me, man, if you're a coach, you have to be a reader. It's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just really not okay not to be because like I said, there's so much good stuff. And that Sean Green book is a great book. And I, and one of the things, one of the main things I got out of that, I got out of that book was he talked about in the batting cage. It was like a Zen meditation for him when he used to hit uh, uh, in the T or in the cages with guys or by himself. It was like a meditation. I love that because guy guys will ask me, Hey case, you know, what do you miss about the game? And I'm like, yeah, you miss the guys. Of course, you know, that that's a given you miss, you know, the camaraderie and all that stuff. Everyone's going to say that. And what I miss and what, what I read in that Sean in Sean Green's book was that, that when he was hitting off the tee in the cage, like a meditation, it was for me too. Like, that's one of the things I really miss was that alone time by myself, putting the tee up, trying to hit, hit 250 balls left center until I left the cage, rocket after rocket after rocket, listening to some Pearl Jam, listening to um, ACDC. And just having that routine was part of my routine in college. I used to sneak away to a place called the Robin Center with, with Richmond, University of Richmond, and, you know, up up where they played basketball. The arcades were in the basement. You know, I just loved it. I loved, loved going by myself. It was almost like a meditation. And I think that's, you know, there's just so much, there's so much importance, um, you know, to, to find a time alone. But I think, like I said, if you read a book and you find one or two things that can, you can use with your teammates – and with your with your um, players or with other coaches or with your coaching staff, man, you know, you're right. Leaders, readers are leaders, you know, and case mentioned meditation. We shared with you the six to eight breath meditation that you can use. I also posted inside. Um, I also posted inside of our chat here some baseball meditations that you can use with teams or athletes you're working with. Uh, the three of them I posted there, one is specific for hitting, one is specific for pitching, the other one you could use with any team. And it's the three meditations I share with all the college and high school programs and athletes I'm working with. Case, you mentioned leaders are readers, and we've talked a lot about in the group coaching program here, the Optimize app with Brian Johnson and those 20-minute book summaries that you can literally turn your car into Automobile University. It's a free app. Yeah. We posted yeah. here in the chat. How do you use Optimize, and would you recommend that for the coaches with us today? Oh, my gosh, Kaner. I, I, dude, you're just such a wealth of knowledge, bro, and you, you introduced me to Brian Johnson a few about a year ago to Optimize, and I've gotten to know Brian a little bit. I, I, I literally just took a flight back from Arizona. And I did, I'm doing the optimized coach program. If anyone's on this call, you got to look into this optimized coach program. You go to optimize me and you sign up for the coach program. I, I think in a couple months you could take it. I have learned, and I'm a big reader. I'm a guy, I'm a seeker. I'm a guy always looking to grow, you know, mentally, spiritually, all that stuff. This, this optimized coach with Brian Johnson has taken me to another level. This guy with the philosopher's notes, uh, the books that he has, um, you know, that he's put down and made it easy. Take some of the greatest books in the world and put them in these six page 
philosopher notes have, has been unbelievable. The optimized plus one, how he breaks down the books. You can go on YouTube and listen to some of his stuff too. But I, 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 I almost, if, if I was a coach, it would be mandatory, mandatory for my players and mandatory for my coaching staff to go through the optimized stuff with Brian T- Johnson. That's how, that's how impactful it's been for me. And that's how impactful it was. Even I've, I've, I made my two sons. I said, not made them, but I said, you guys got to do this, you know, and they've been doing it. It's been such an impact for them. So the Brian Johnson stuff, talk about a tool. Like it's such a life tool, but it's a baseball tool too. There's mm. so many unbelievable things that you can take action on in a game, how to calm yourself. You know, once you, when, when fear hits you, like it's going to hit you in baseball, how to combat fear. There's just so much great stuff. And I just highly, highly recommend that you go to uh, check out the optimized program that Brian Johnson has for, for anyone you're associated with. Awesome. And inside of our chat, uh, Jacob, Jacob, uh, and I have just posted some, some different links that you can use. If you want to get into optimized coach, uh, Brian Johnson has given me a discount code to share with you guys. So I'll post that in there. So you can get in there and save a couple hundred dollars off that. I also posted the Optimize app, which is free. And then the Optimize book list. And that book list is the, is the books I'm going through for, for the entire year of 2022. So what I encourage you to do, get the app, listen to it in your car. This is free. Listen, follow the book list. This week, we're going through the book, Make Your Bed by Admiral William McRaven. This quarter, we're talking about building habits. And when we get on these Coaching Matters calls, we can take five minutes out of the call or 10 minutes out of the call to talk about the last two books of the week. And if you're a high school AD, Russ Waterman, Marty, the other ADs that are on here, use this with your coaches. If you're a coaching a coach, use it with your staff and with your players. If you're a parent, use this with your family. I mean, these are not books built on entertainment. We're not interested in entertainment here. This is education. This is building energy. Look, we all have a thing called the three E ratio, education, entertainment, and energy in the limited free time we all have, right? I call that net time, no extra time. The limited free time that we have is going to get invested either into entertainment, sitting on your couch, watching TV. It's going to get invested into education, making yourself the best version of you, or it's going to get invested into energy, how you eat, how you move, getting more sleep, doing more meditation. If you can improve your education and you can improve your energy, you're going to make everyone around you better. And I think that's how you move the needle and get the results that you're looking for. Case question came in. I want to make sure we, we get the, the questions here uh, to get you answer. One question is, it says, Sean, thanks for being with us. You always talk about simplify. As I coach college hitters, you say simplify. How did you go through the reduction process as a hitter? assuming the pitcher could command three pitches. Like how did you, so how did you go through a process of keeping it simple? And then how did you use mental imagery at all during or before your at-bats to prepare? Well, I think the biggest thing about keeping it simple is you got to know what questions you're asking yourself. You know, I think w- with too many times, my son called me the other day, you know, from college and was like, Hey dad, I think something's wrong with my swing. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I punched out a few times. Okay. I didn't even go to a swing. I said, you swinging at strikes? Well, you know, okay. Are you seeing the ball? Are you letting the ball travel? Are you, do you have your foot on the gas? Do you have calm aggression going? Yes, yes, yes. I'm swinging till my eyes tell me no. Right? Am I looking middle away, reacting in? You know, am I, am I calming my body, aggressive in my mind? That's eight questions I just asked before I said, hey, where's my hands? Where's my back foot? Where's my rotation with my hips? Like, that stuff needs to be worked on in practice. But at the end of the day, when you're evaluating yourself in the game, because that's what we're all pro- – we practice to play in the game. 
when you're evaluating yourself in the game and you start asking about your swing all the time, I tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a pretty bad, I'll show you a lot of bad hitters. But when guys are asking themselves the right questions and they can simplify their swing and their approach to focus on the baseball, because at the end of the day, I got to hit the baseball. If a guy's throwing me 95 miles an hour, I better be able to, I better be in the right state. I've done all my work mentally to get to a place where I'm hunting the fastball and then looking for any, any, anything off speed up in the zone. So the first thing is ask the right questions, you know, so that you can keep it simple so that you can see the ball and hammer it. The other part of that was, you know, with the imagery of, of, of hitting and, and seeing pitches, it was kind of what I just said right there. Like I really wanted to get visual. I really wanted to see the ball early out of his hand and see the ball late. Cause I think when, if you see it early, and you see it late, you know, a lot of good action nowadays, the slider's breaking late, the sinker's breaking late, the change-ups fading late, right? And so for me, you really, really got to see the baseball. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. So for me, I would always try to hunt the fastball, and I would look middle away, react in, because I, I found that that would, that would help me, you know, really go gap to gap. And then I would just and, – and anything up, if it was a curveball, if it had a slider that was up, you know, I would – and it was, and it was a strike – you know, I would be ready to hammer it. And another way to simplify it too is like, I was talking to Paul Canerco on my podcast the other day, the mayor's office. And, and, and just, I, I listen, and I'm, I'm giving it a plug, but the only reason I'm giving it a plug for, I'm talking to some of the best hitters in the game on this podcast and they're telling me their approach to the game. And I'm like, wow, if coaches and players could hear Paul Canerco and these guys talking about Paul Canerco said he, he got to the point of his career where he looked out at the picture and said, I'm going to beat you. It's a one-on-one competition. Like you don't have what it takes to, to, to beat me. And I think, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff and that kind of mentality when you start getting into the competition, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is like, I think we get so caught up sometimes in our technique and, 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 and what guys are doing that way that we, we lose the fact that, Hey, let's, we're in a one-on-one competition here and we need to get visual, see the ball and hammer it. Mm. Love that. Make, making it down to its simple and raw form of it's a one-on-one competition. It's you versus me. I'm going to see the ball and hammer it. In case, one of the things that you mentioned, <clears throat> and I sent a link out to that MLB Network video where you talk about the mental aspects of hitting. And one of the best things I've ever heard you say, and I say it's one of the best things I've ever heard you say because the players I work with that I show that MLB Network video to, which is every baseball player I work with in the country, they'll all go, damn, that's good. And it's when you're talking about the three keys to keep it simple, but then also where you say, once that ball leaves Randy Johnson's hand, once that ball leaves Greg Maddox hand, I'm no longer facing Greg Maddox or Randy Johnson. I'm now facing that ball. And when you look down at home plate, it's shaped like a house. And that guy's got to come in my front door three times. Could you unpack just that mentality? Well, that, 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 that's, that was huge for me. When I first came up to the big leagues, I remember facing Randy Johnson. And then we faced, I believe we faced Randy Johnson and then Greg Maddox and Smoltz and those guys hereafter in back-to-back series. Remember facing Randy Johnson going over for four, he dominated me, and I was like, man, that was Randy Johnson. That was cool. Then I faced Greg Maddox, and he dominates me over for four, you know, over for four, two punch outs, you know, dominates me. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the same kind of thing. I'm like, wow, uh, you know, that was Greg Maddox. That's really cool. Well, guess what? It's not really cool when you're in the big leagues because you're going to lose your job. If you don't get hits, you know, you're, you're eventually going to be out of there. So I was like, how can I look at this differently? How can I change my perspective on being up here in the big league so I'm not in awe of everything? And so what I started to do was I said, okay, when the ball leaves Randy Johnson's hands, it's no longer Randy Johnson. It's a, just a baseball. And I've been hitting baseballs my whole life, and I hit baseballs every day. And when it comes across the plate, I hammer it. 
right? And that was my, my mentality was, no, when it leaves his hand, it's now a baseball. It's now a pitching machine. That's all it is. That helped me so much because it's it got me out of the the awe. It got me out of the awe of, uh, uh, you know, of 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 facing those guys. And Kano, the other thing you talked about that really helped me. If you look at home plate, it's shaped like a house, right? And I always say to people, and I I looked at that 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 this is this is such a great analogy for my hitting. And I said, listen, if you're sleeping in your house at two in the morning and someone comes in your front door. You're not going to pat him on the back and say, hey, man, great to see you. You know, you're going to probably shoot the guy, right? You come in my house at 2 a.m., you got a real problem. I'm not calling the cops. I'm probably going to take matters into my own hand. So I thought the same thing. If you come in the front door to that plate and it comes over the, over the plate and it's, and it's up where I want to hammer it, I'm going to shoot something in the gaps, right? I'm going to hammer something. So if you make a mistake, and that's why the me versus me process is so good. He goes to release it. It's now a pitching machine. The ball's in the air. That ball comes through the front door of my house. It gets hammered into the gaps. You know, did it happen all the time? No. But guess what? That's what I thought all the time. And more often than not, it worked. You know, so I think this is such a game. And you talk about the me versus me. This is such a game of how can you get proper perspective with yourself in that batter's box and play your own game so that you can execute what you need to execute and execute your process to get the results that you want. Love that. And we got a question that came in from Laura. Lauren coming in from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She, she asked, she says, Case, talk about your mental process during the grind of like the minor leagues, making it to the major leagues. How did you deal with the hard times, like not being on the field, fighting for an opportunity, not performing at times, dealing with injuries, and just the adversity that comes with the whole process of being a professional athlete? How did you manage that? Because Case, you battled some injuries in your career. Yeah. Wow. That's a good, that's a great question. Um, you know what? I, I think that's another thing. I mean, I, I look back at my career, like I broke both feet. I had foot surgery. I had knee surgery, multiple, you know, blew, blew out my hammies, calves, hip flexors. I broke my back in Pittsburgh. I had a pelvic fracture in Cincinnati, orbital fracture my first year in the big leagues, I tore my wrist in the Myers with the, with the, with the Indians. And I think like, how did I make it 12 years in the big leagues, 14 and a half years of pro ball. And like, I think there's something to be said about like grit, like showing up for your, showing up every day and just kind of keep going. Like I remember Billy Dorn, a coach of mine with the Reds said, case, he's like, you got to go underwater and you can't come up for air until the season's over. Like you can't get up and say, Hey, I'm really struggling. Like you're going to struggle. I think one thing, three qualities of base, but three qualities that I think of, of reality for baseball are endless are um endless failure um endless work and uncertainty i think that's such a good thing to think of because there's endless failure and i started to look as failure as information i think when i first started you know i think i was I, the failure got to me a little bit and i was like wow this is really tough these guys are really good but then i started to say you know thinking about what harvey dorfman said like no failure is information failure is data failure tells me how do i do it better next time you know pitch by pitch not just next to bat how do I do a better next pitch? How, you know, what do I got to do to do that? And when I had injuries, I would just say, okay, what's the process to rehab to get back so I can get back in the game and back in the batter's box? You know, because that, that, that messes with your mind more than anything. When you're, when you're not healthy, it just, you know, and you can't perform the way you want to perform or you're not on the field. You know, you just kind of, you just got to go. I, I look at it this way too, Kaner, and I think this is a great question. This is so much to unpack here because this is a big part of what being a baseball player, a softball player, you know, any kind of athlete, but also in life. I always, I, I think about this. I think about 
um, in, in Wyoming, they talk about the nastiest storms, right? They come through the, those Wyoming plains, right? And they said out on those plains are buffaloes and cows share the same plane, right? And they said when these storms come flying in, they're lightning bolts and they're dark and they come in heavy. They said when those storms come in, they say the buffaloes get together and they say, all right, boys, it's coming. Let's go for it. And they run right for that storm and they, they get pounded. They get pounded. They get hit by the storm, but they get through it, right? They get through it. The cows, they look at that storm and they go, guys, let's run the other way. We don't want the pain. And what they do is they run the other way and eventually they get caught in, in the plains in the corner and they get pounded 10, 20, 30 times more than the Buffalo did. And I think that's a big thing about this game of baseball, softball, whatever, is that there's going to be t- tough times. Failure is built in. But you got to run for it and you got to ask for it sometimes. Say, bring it on. Bring, oh, I'm 0 for my last 20. Hey, I'm one pitch away. Let's get it on today. You know, 0 for my last, okay, I'm 0 for four. This coach might bench me. Hey, next time I get in there, bring it on, right? So there's got to be that bring it on mentality. Oh, I just blew out my calf. I'm out. For, I'm gonna, I got to go on the DL for 15 days. It's okay. I'm going to rehab, get back, and in 15 days, let's get it on. Right. So there's, that's what I talk about the game within the game. And you got to believe in yourself. You got to run for that storm at times and run, get to it and get through it and just be better because of it. I mean, that's an analogy for life, isn't it? I mean, that's not what case. And, and for the people that are on the call and our coaches here with the coaching matters group coaching program, this is not just baseball specific, like running to the storm, being the Buffalo, not the cow running towards the thing that you need to do. Right. So right now, what I want everyone to do, and I'm going to give case a little break here. What I want everyone to do is I want you to ask yourself right now. Okay. If I, what, what's the storm that I'm not running to, but I'm running from Ooh. the thing that you got to do. The thing that if you could accomplish this, because you stop making excuses for yourself, if you could accomplish this because you're going to step up to the plate and find a way, not an excuse, what would you do? So ask yourself right now, write down behavior wise, what do I got to start doing? And if you're not right in process this and ask yourself the question, what do I got to start doing? What do I got to stop doing? And what am I doing well that I want to continue doing? And when you reflect with start, stop, continue, and you identify the specific behaviors that you have to continue doing because they're working, the ones that you got to start because you just can't seem to get yourself to do it, and the ones that you got to stop that are holding you back, now you have a game plan. And when you have a game plan and you go to execute it, you're going to learn because you're not, the game plan is not always going to go according to plan, but you're going to have a game plan that will then generate some data and generate information for you. Case, even now as a retired Major League Baseball player, how important is it for you now to stay in routine, to use a journal, to have a plan for the day to keep you feeling positive and productive? It's more important for me now, Cam, because, you know, back in the day when I had baseball, it, it was a built-in routine. I knew exactly when game time was. I knew exactly when batting practice was. I knew exactly when I had to leave, get, get lunch with my family, and then I could leave to the yard to go, to go get ready to play. Like, it was almost easier when I played. You know, now, now that I'm not playing, like, my routine, you know, is something that's, that's really important to me. I wake up in the morning, I, you know, uh, first thing I do, I, you know, I, I meditate, you know, even if it's five minutes, people say, oh, I don't know how to meditate. Just sit there for five minutes, close your eyes. I know, I know that it helps my mind. I know for sure. Cause the days that I don't do it, I, you know, I, I can feel that. Then, you know, I'll, then I want to get moving. You talked about energy. I want, I need my energy to be high. I'll hit the Peloton for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And guess what? There's always a little voice come that that comes in my head like man you don't need to do that today man let's not do let's stay in for 20 more minutes you know what i do when that happens i double down on it because i hear that voice i say oh 100 i'm doing it are you kidding me 100 i'm gonna go ride the peloton so you know i'll do that 
I make sure I eat well nowadays because I know when I eat well, the gut-brain connection, I got 39 trillion what cells in my gut. I need to take care of those things so that my mind works right all day long. So I have high, high energy. I can, go, I can go make sure I can do the things that, are, that, you know, that I need to do. So, and I also, like I said, I'm a, I like to read all that stuff. And that, what, I find, what I find is this, Kaner, too. And this goes for baseball. This goes for life. You know, I think when I don't do the things I need to do, I get a little anxiety. I get a little more stress. I get a little more of that. And one, 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 the one phrase that I have above my mirror is easy has a cost, hmm. right? I think easy has a cost. You don't have to do anything. Nobody's asking you to do anything. You don't, you don't have to do anything in baseball. You don't have to go hit the cages. You don't have to read the mental game of baseball. You don't have to be, you don't have to find a way to be a better coach. You don't have to learn how to control your anxiety and stress. You don't learn how to, you don't have to learn how to give a good uh, pregame speech. You don't have to do anything. But easy has a cost, and the easier we out on the other side of easy, you get a lot of you, you get a lot of stuff that doesn't work. So I always love that. I have, like I said, I have that on my mirror. I look at it every morning. Easy has a cost. I make sure that my cost is 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 a lot better than easy because I know I know the results that I get. The context creates your content. What I put out, I get back, and I, I really find that nowadays in my life, you know, that routine is really important for me. Wow. Love that. So much to unpack there. Easy has a cost, you know, and whew, big time, big time, man. The, um, you know, it, 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 and it takes what it takes, right. Is a great book and optimized by Trevor Moad who, who passed away this past year, way too young, uh, a friend of mine. And he said, you know, it takes what it takes like to get to where you want to be. And it doesn't matter if it's for you on this call as a coach, if you're on this call as a player, if you're on this call as a parent or as a business owner, like it takes what it takes and easy has a cost and you cannot, you cannot pursue greatness and comfort at the same time. It doesn't exist. You can't, want to be comfortable, right? And as human beings, we're hardwired for, for comfort. We're, we're hardwired for safety. We're not hardwired for super good, man. We're not hardwired to get out there and get after it and push ourselves to go see what we're capable of. We're hardwired for safety, but you can't play it safe and expect to win. Case, you talked a lot about creating routines and a question came in from Ryan Cameron, former, former professional baseball player who's here. And he said, Case, as somebody who is so routine oriented and still is, it sounds like oh, now that your career is over too, what happens when your routine gets disrupted? And I'm interested in that with a kid coming here any day now. Uh, I'm interested in how did you manage when the routine got disrupted? What'd you do? When my routine got disrupted, um, Kana, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. When, when, when my routine got disrupted, you know, I would just, I would recognize it. I think that one of the biggest tools that I have, you know, that I had was awareness, awareness, like, man, uh, man, I don't feel right. Or I know for me, when I was with the Reds, um, a lot of times, you know, I was the go-to guy for the media. And sometimes, you know, I remember early on in my career, you know, they would come with a, with a media request. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And it was like around 5.50. And I sometimes it would hit my routine, that 6 to 6.30, where I would meditate, you know, read, read a passage and read the mental game of baseball. And I always knew, man, something doesn't feel right right now. Why? Why? why am I in the game? And it does, you know, something doesn't feel right. And then I started, I started to realize, Oh my gosh, like my routine got messed up. Like, like something happened. Uh, you know, so I used to tell the uh, Rob butcher, our, our PR guy, Hey, no, no requests from the media after five o'clock because I, I'm not, that, that routine is too important to me yeah. and I have to set boundaries for myself. So whenever I would mess up my routine, I would just say to myself, okay, 
you know, I fell off the horse. Let's get back on and keep going. You know, let's not, let's, let's, let's find a way to set boundaries to make sure that we're, you know, that we, that I continue to, you know, be able to perform the way I can. And I need to have that routine and I can't, it can't, I can't mess, mess with it. Love that. You know, Michael Phelps, right. Who, who has been very vocal yeah, about mental health and mental performance. Mental and and mental Michael Phelps has a book Michael called Phelps no limits. Book called no limits. And in his book, no limits. And in his book, no limits. I'm going to mute everybody. We're getting a little echo here. So, Case, I'm going to mute you. We'll bring you back on here in a second. But in his book, No Limits by Michael Phelps, he talks about a three part mental performance program that, that he used in his career. This is the greatest Olympic champion of all time. I think 36 Olympic medals. Michael Phelps would say, number one, breathe every day. We heard Case talk about meditation. He'd say, number two, do what needs to be done regardless of how you feel. Like, do the work. You can't be comfortable and great. They don't go. They don't. They don't go together. Okay. And the third thing he would say is when you get off course, get back on. And we're all going to get off course. And when you do just get back on and getting back on course first implies that you know what your course is. Now on our next coaching matters call coming up in two weeks, I'm going to map, I'm going to, I'm going to put together a program that's going to say how to chart your course and land on your destination. And it's going to be a program about time management, about habit building, about creating structure, about being productive. So it's going to be a, a course for coaches, for athletes, for business owners, where we're going to talk about how to chart your course and land on your destination, how to get yourself back on track here, as Michael Phelps talked about. Um, Case, a couple other questions that came in. Um, one that came in that said, uh, right now, if there was one thing that you did every right now, question comes in says, if there's one thing that you do every day now, currently that you couldn't live without, what is it? Moving exercise. I just think exercise for me gets my energy to a different place. You know, I, you know, motion creates emotion, movement creates improvement, all those things. That's the truth for me. Like if I don't move, if there's two days go by and I haven't really done you know, something that, that I can push myself a little bit. I definitely feel it in my like anxiety or stress. So for me moving every day, even if it's a, if I take a 30 minute walk, 20 minute walk, 40 minute walk, whatever, I got to do something to, you know, get my, get, get my heart rate up a little bit, but moving for me is probably my number one non-negotiable. Love that. Love that. Um, other questions we have for Sean Casey, anybody who has one, go ahead and post it in here in the chat, if you would, please. And, um, Let's see. Anything else? Questions? I'm scanning questions. Anybody has for Coach Casey, Sean Casey. Case, uh, I called you Coach Casey. You're doing a lot of work in the mental game now. We got a lot of a lot of athletic directors, yeah. a lot of college, high school coaches that are on the call. Um, you're available to to speak to their teams over Zoom or maybe even come in in person yeah. if it works out time wise to talk about the mental game. Kind of unpack if you would. You know, you you had a, a storied Major League Baseball career. You're working for the Major League Baseball Network. You could kind of you're Sean Casey. You could go do anything you want. And you want yeah. to be a mental performance coach. Why is that? Yeah. You know what, Kaner, I do. And I, that's, that's my next step towards, you know, what I, what, what I want to do. You know, I think for me, I just, you know, I think I, I feel like I know so much and I want to serve the, the, the guys in the game. Like guys served me, like Harvey Dorfman served me and some of the, some of the great men, the coaches that, help me out throughout the game mentally, you know, serve me. I want to, I kind of want to give back and I want to give, give a lot of the knowledge that I have. I, I just think like, it's just, like I said, it, it not only is it a baseball thing, it's a life thing too. Like how to use your mind and how to think is just so important. And I think it's, uh, you know, for me, I'm, I'm really looking forward to stepping into that next, uh, you know, next adventure of, of helping, you know, colleges, coaches, men, 
you know, to develop the mind frame of, of champion. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I, and like I said, Kaner, I really want to do it because it's really a passion of mine. It always has been. And I, and I, and I, you know, as we've unpacked it a little bit, you and I together, I always, I keep saying to myself, you know, at this stage of my life, I want to do something I'm very passionate about that can help other people. And, and for me, this is it. It's awesome. It's awesome. And we got a lot of passionate coaches out here that want to help kids and want to provide the best opportunity in educational athletics and fundraising university is a part of that support team leading that charge to empower coaches to be able to provide those great opportunities for their athletes. So fundraising university is always looking for individuals who are competitive, empathetic, organized, self-starters, and teachable to partner with. And current coaches that are on this call, if you're interested in joining as an ambassador coach, as a franchise owner in any way, with Coaching Matters and Fundraising University, contact Mike Bahoon. He's a college baseball coach. He's a CEO of Fundraising University. He's the person behind making these Coaching Matters calls happen every week. And you can reach him uh, at mbahoon at fundraisingu.net to acquire about assistant coach or area rep positions available with Fundraising University. And you can visit the website link there in the chat to find out more about becoming a franchise uh, owner and a part of the Fundraising University team. Sean Casey, man. I know you, you, you put on a clinic today, not just with the content and the information that you provided, my friend, but you put on a clinic today with finding a way to make this call happen. Uh, you, we were, you know, as we were getting into it, you woke up this morning in Arizona, you flied back to Pittsburgh. I heard your father had surgery on his heart, man. I'm, my, my prayers and, and well wishes and everything goes out to you. And, and you found time to make time for this. Man, so so I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I want to thank you for all the coaches and that are on this call and all the people that they're going to impact in their in, in their coaching career. Thank you for being here, Case. Yeah, they're hey, I think at the end of the day, there's always a way. I have a sign in my house that says everything's figure outable, right? I think there's a book that says that everything <laughs> is figure outable. So I'm glad to be on here, Kaner. I just want to say to all the coaches on here, like good for you guys. You know, good for you guys for picking a profession that impacts men and women. Uh, and that good for you guys for finding a way to, to continue to grow and be seekers. And if you're on this call, obviously that's what you're doing. And I think a big thing is go find the books out there. That'll make you better coaches that when you show up with those kids every day, you have something to give them, you know, and, and it can be tough being a coach with, with kids nowadays, but I just, I admire you guys for doing what you're doing. And, uh, I'm grateful I was on this call today and, and, uh, down the road, if I can ever help your teams, uh, teams out, um, you, you can contact me at Sean. Uh, Sean2KC1 at gmail.com if you want to contact me. and uh, But I just said good luck to you guys, and I appreciate Kaner uh, having me on this call. Awesome. Yeah, and you guys can also engage uh, with, with Sean on Instagram, and it's it's at the mayor's office MLB on Instagram. Is that right, Sean? That's right, yeah, and also on Twitter at the mayor's office. Yep, at the mayor's office on Instagram, at the mayor's office MLB on Instagram, yeah. on Twitter. Sean gave you the email. We'll make sure we send it out to you as well. And check out his podcast, The Mayor's Office. I mean, he's had Jessica Mendoza on there recently uh, because we got some softball coaches who are on here. He's had, you know, Paul Canerco. He's had Curtis Granderson. Uh, he's yeah. had Al Leiter, Jim Tomei, Mark DeRosa. Jeff, Jeff, Bag. Bagwell. Yeah, Jeff Bagwell. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, Boom Boom Ray Mancini. Let's go. Jason <laughs> really. I mean, you've had kind of a who's who on there of uh, – of people. So case man, thanks again for being with us. Dominate the day and uh, well wishes to your father, my friend. 
Okay, brother. Thanks, Kanner. See you guys thanks, later. Guys. Talk to you soon. Uh, and we'll be in touch here, everybody, with Coaching Matters about our next call in two weeks. We'll send out an email in the next 24 hours with the topic uh, and a link to submit questions. We're going to be talking about charting your destination and hitting your target every time. We want to be productive and we want to stop trying to confuse being busy with doing business. Let's get things done and get the right things done on a daily basis so we can continue to dominate in 2022. Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking out this week's Coaching Matters podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a subscribe and a review. Also, be sure to engage with us on social media here in the notes for the show. And remember, dream big, raise more, and coaching matters.